Sean Hannity Show. More behind-the-scenes information on breaking news and more bold, inspired solutions for America. Jamie Dupree comes right at you from the Hill in D.C. On the Sean Hannity Show. All right, it's the most connected man in Washington, Jamie Dupree. I know we uh, have not spent a lot of time on it. We do have primaries today. Well, a primary in a caucus, Arizona and Utah. But in light of the terror attacks in Brussels today, um, there's been a lot of political commentary and some of it coming from the candidates. And, for example, Jamie Dupree, we had Ted Cruz come out and uh, he went on to say, hey, President Obama, maybe it's time to leave uh, Cuba, hanging out with his communist friends, murdering dictator friends and go to Brussels. Donald Trump said the captured terrorist ringleader, this was what precipitated, we assume, this assault and this attack in Brussels when he was arrested last week, uh, should be waterboarded. I actually agree with him. Hillary Clinton says, well, waterboarding doesn't work, contradicting her own husband, CIA director. And Hillary then went on to say borders must be kept open in the wake of the Brussels bombing. So uh, clearly there is a disconnect in how to deal with this. And uh, But the tragedies continue. We have nearly 100 terror attacks during the Obama presidency worldwide. Yeah, it's sort of ironic that uh, just as the on the day of the Paris attacks, the president then was overseas, and he was overseas today. And the, the juxtaposition of him going to the baseball game this afternoon in Cuba, I'm sure, will be seized upon by a lot of Republicans. And remember what happened in the immediate aftermath of Paris. Uh, Mr. Obama was uh, jabbed by a lot of people for not seemingly uh, issuing a statement that was strong enough against the terror attacks. He was sort of on the other side of the world at the time, and some believe that he was just, in a sense, too detached from what went on. Well, the same thing you uh, some will argue i'm sure today when he spent less than a minute before his cuba speech and 51 talking about, seconds jamie yeah, 51 there you go 51 seconds, seconds. So I, I, I'm, sh- I'm sure you'll hear a lot more about that from Republicans uh, in the days ahead, especially as it looks like the president will co- go on to Argentina before returning back to the U.S. late this week. Now, you mentioned the candidates, uh, both uh, Ted Cruz and John Kasich called for the president to cut off that trip and to come back. It was interesting because Cruz, uh, he met with reporters just a few blocks from the Capitol today in which he not only uh, went after the president for not doing enough uh, against the Islamic State, but also then turned it into an attack on Donald Trump. Trump and basically what Cruz was arguing, he says that Trump and, and, and Obama sort of share certain things about their foreign policies, what Cruz labeled as preemptive surrender. Remember yesterday we spoke re- uh, fairly quickly about the, the, the Trump sit down with the Washington Post editorial board and talking about his remarks on NATO and some other things. Cruz immediately jumped all over that today and argued that basically Trump was the same type of politician as Obama on certain foreign policy well, how matters. How do you say that when he's talking about closing the board? And how do you say that when he's talking about waterboarding the guy that they captured last week that is not exactly, you know, and, and how do you s- suggest that he has denied the Islamic state is Islamic when he's gone out of his way and irritated people repeatedly by talking about radical Islamism? Well, what Cruz oh. went after Trump about was the remarks about NATO and uh, because the president, the, Trump's remarks about NATO and saying that other countries need to step up and pony up more money, uh, that's been echoed repeatedly by the president in recent years. So he said that was a similarity there and then also went down the line of saying, you know, you can't pull back U.S. military forces, as Trump seemed to suggest, if uh, we didn't get enough financial support from South Korea or from Japan and other NATO countries as well. And and, and in a sense, you know, you may say that that the cruise is stretching or something like that here, but I think what it it shows, it's a reminder, especially the the question of uh, would you send more troops to go after the Islamic State and more. Cruise is looking for any way to sort of set himself apart from Trump when it comes to foreign policy. Well, but both of I can give you both their policies, because I've interviewed them both repeatedly, 
And Trump has said repeatedly that we should bomb the living sh out of them. And uh, and Ted Cruz has said carpet bomb them. You know, maybe we ought to combine the two and we'll carpet bomb the sh out of them. Well, all I can tell you is the Cruz quote today is here. I would note that retreat from the world, the Obama-Clinton retreat from the world, is very much the retreat from the world that Donald Trump is advocating as Cruz attacked him on the concept of backing off on NATO and also not doing enough to go after the Islamic State. So, uh, you know, I don't know if it'll work, uh, but certainly, uh, the, as we talked about yesterday, sort of the worldview of Trump, he talks in very bellicose language, but yesterday they certainly look to be looking for ways to pull back that military footprint in Asia, in Europe, and other places, unless well, other I mean, nations I've, came I've up with money. I've asked him at length about this, just to add some context for our listeners so that they know. I mean, what he's really talking about is America not footing the bill for all of this. Exactly, and, and that's what Cruz and, was arguing, is that's uh, that's exactly the argument that President Obama well, has been making in not being as aggressive with well, the U.S. military overseas uh, But there's overseas two different things well. here. That, that That's part of it, but I don't see the similarity. But I think the bigger part is, you know, you got another guy that's talking about taking their oil to pay for it and another guy that's saying, you know, stop immigration and another guy saying waterboard these people if you have them. And, uh, you know, bombing the, the living out of them is uh, is part of, you know, a strategy, too. And I don't see any of it that's really similar to Obama. But, uh, you know, it's politics. I guess that's why he's saying it. Cruz also went after Trump uh, on the issue of being neutral in the Israeli-Palestinian peace negotiations, which was really a theme uh, not only for him, but also yesterday for Hillary Clinton and going after Trump as well. Uh, Trump at that speech was, at first, it was more polite applause than anything, but by the end he had the crowd on its feet, uh, though I, I think a lot of people would acknowledge that probably the more substantive remarks came from uh, Cruz and Kasich. Trump seemed a little ill at ease reading his speech off the teleprompter yesterday, but he certainly seemed to win over a lot of people at the APAC meeting. Watch the speech. He got like 15 standing ovations. Uh, in, at the all end, at the beginning, there was well. even some laughter in the beginning when he made some of his statements, his, his believe me line that came out a number of times. And so I think uh, it was a, probably a, it was an interesting day yesterday for Trump, really, when you bounce back and forth between the Washington Post, the APAC meeting, and then the meeting at the, 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 the high-powered D.C. law firm with some Republicans yesterday. Trump really trying his best to sort of, I think, get more into the middle of the D.C. establishment on the Republican Party. He did win the endorsement today of another member of Congress, a guy named Lou Barletta, a Republican from Pennsylvania, who has been at the forefront of immigration for a number of years back when he was mayor of a small town as well. So uh, uh, Trump at this point in time, still the uh, the strong leader in the GOP race, and he certainly has the possibility tonight of adding even more delegates to that lead as well. Well, and it, one poll came out, early polls had um, Ted Cruz winning a majority, or actually all 50 I'm sorry, all 40 available Utah caucus delegates that are available. But one poll came out today and he falls short of the 50. So that's something to watch tonight. I'm not sure if that means he'd get 35 or, or you know, but if he wins, I guess 50 percent, he gets them all. If you get over 50%, 50 percent in Utah, one. yes, you get them all. And that's a state where Trump has been polling very, very low, as low as 11 yeah. percent in a recent poll. Uh, we've seen in some places in Nevada and in Idaho, where there's been a large majority of Mormon voters, that Trump has done uh, has actually done very badly in those areas. So we'll see if that continues in all of Idaho tonight. The rules, uh, I mean, in, in Utah tonight, the rules in Utah are such that if you get three or more people who get 15 percent or more of the vote, 
then it's proportional. I'm just not sure if it's just more than two that get more than 15. Trump was actually polling at 11 percent the other day in the latest poll in Utah. We'll see if that goes up tonight. It came up in the in the poll that was out today, but you know what? It's a caucus. It's hard to tell. Certainly, it's a state that Ted Cruz is going to win. Uh, it looks like, according to the polls, they've stayed pretty consistent in Arizona for Trump. One has to wonder if late-breaking voters, if the issue of immigration and the comments of, about immigration today by Trump will have an impact positively for him in terms of turnout in light of what has happened in Brussels. We'll have to watch that. Let me play for you uh, Bill Clinton taking a shot, I mean a really big shot, at uh, Obama's legacy the last eight years. Listen to this. If you don't believe we can all grow together again, if you don't believe we're ever going to grow again, if you believe it's more important to relitigate the past, there may be many reasons that you don't want to support. But if you believe we can all rise together, if you believe we finally come to the point where we can put the awful legacy of the last eight years behind us and the seven years before that when we were practicing trickle-down economics and no regulation in Washington, which is what caused the crash, then you should vote for her. Because right, right, stop right there. The, the key's comments, the awful legacy of the last eight years. Wow. I think what he was talking about was not uh, Obama. He was talking about the Republicans in opposing Obama is what I thought that was. Well, did, listen, this is the funny dilemma that Hillary has, and it is funny because she's got to run saying that everything's horrible, horrible, horrible. Otherwise, people are going to laugh at her because things are that bad. And embracing the Obama agenda, uh, on the other hand, I mean, they've had eight years and millions of more Americans in poverty on food stamps and out of the labor force. So, no, you know, you're it, absolutely right. I, I mean, look, that's the one thing. And, and there's two ways to go after, obviously, the simple extension. I think the most devastating attack you can make on Hillary Clinton is the she just wants to extend the Barack Obama administration for another four years. A third uh, Obama so, term. Yeah, I mean, absolutely. Uh, to me, that is it, it's a it's a devastatingly hard uh, hitting kind of easy to understand attack. And the fact that she has been wrapping herself in the president's uh, in the Obama administration's record and the president's plans makes that even I mean, she to me, she has been making that argument even easier for the Republicans to make in November. Well, I think the main reason that she's wrapped herself so tightly around Obama is because she doesn't want his Justice Department indicting her. <laughs> and, you know, the reports that came out yesterday that James Comey, I don't know if you saw the uh, the New York Post piece by by Charles Gasparino. I mean, that they're getting closer and closer and they're more convinced than ever that she has committed multiple felonies, that there's a likely criminal referral coming from the FBI. And when that happens, then it becomes a showdown between the FBI and, and the Justice Department and the Obama administration about whether or not there's two, you know, two sets of laws for people in this country. Well, certainly, if even if nothing happens, I fully expect whether it's Donald Trump or anybody else to bring the issue up repeatedly over the next few months. And it can. Well, I think it's going to be a big issue in the campaign for sure. Um, all right. So what else has happened? Let me go through these states with you. So we got Arizona, Utah. Then the next winner take all state is in Wisconsin. I've not seen any polling in Wisconsin. Have you? See, I, I again have to disagree with you characterizing Wisconsin as winner take all because it has two uh, pots of delegates. So even if you win the entire state, there's no guarantee that you get all of the delegates because it's also by eight different congressional districts that you have to win. This is very similar to the way it was in Missouri the other day where Donald Trump did very well, won by a small margin, but was able to get most of the delegates. Wisconsin, I think a lot of people are trying to figure out 
exactly uh, what's going to happen there because of Kasich. He'll be there stumping for votes tomorrow, in fact. Uh, I still think Kasich stands the best chance in a place like uh, Maryland, Delaware, Pennsylvania, Connecticut, and Rhode Island, but so far he has not turned much of his attention there. And, and you're right, the next two weeks there is not much that goes on. I mean, two weeks from uh, today. Well, Wisconsin, then you got New York. Then another two weeks to New York. So really in the next four yeah. weeks there are only two primaries. We did have some movement on delegates today. This is sort of the behind-the-scenes thing. Evidently, uh, there's been some kind of internal fracas down in the Virgin Islands. They they originally elected six delegates as uncommitted, but the Virgin Islands GOP put out a statement today that said those uncommitted delegates had failed to follow through and follow a rule that says you have to submit a letter that says, yeah, I'm ready to pay my way to the convention and back. And so those six were booted off. And so the next six vote-getters were then installed in their place. That gave two uh, delegates to Marco Rubio, two remained uncommitted, and Cruz and Trump each got one. Now, this is the kind of thing where, I don't know if this is going to spur some kind of lawsuit or legal action or more, but these are the behind-the-scenes things that are going on that really don't get as much attention as the, ca- yeah. as the caucus and the primary votes, uh, but it's still part of the battle to get to Cleveland. Well, and then after New York, then we've got, what, Rhode Island, Delaware, Pennsylvania, Maryland. That's going to be a big day. And a yeah, number that, of those are winner take all. Exactly. On the 26th, uh, uh, there's only, I, I don't think there's as many. I, I, I think, again, it's just semantics. There's there's very few winner take all states that are left. There are a number of them that do different uh, groups of delegates between statewide and individual congressional districts. So uh, it, it may be just semantics. But winner take all to me is if you get one more vote than anybody else, you win all the state's delegates, like in Florida and Ohio. There's actually very few of those. In fact, I think three of them are on the last day with California, uh, New Jersey, and South Dakota. Well, you know, because there's so many delegates available in California, it may even come down to that. That's amazing. No, it is. And in fact, it could come down to all the different congressional districts. You imagine the 50-plus in California. Uh, Somebody joked the other day, wouldn't it be something if Ted Cruz was trying to deny Donald Trump a majority of delegates by trying to win the San Francisco congressional districts or something like that? at the bitter end. <laughs> well, who are they going to go for? Cruz or or Trump or Kasich? I mean, exactly, I yes. I don't so, know how many, you know, little how things many conservatives like that. are out there well, between that and Los Angeles, I mean, who knows where they're going to go? No, you're um, absolutely right. And that's 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 what makes trying to figure out where the delegates go in a state like that all the more difficult, because it's not true winner take all. You don't just get one vote more and you win them all. It's uh, almost, what, 54 different congressional elections as well. That's unbelievable. Well, we have a lot of ground yet to cover, but uh, we'll know a lot more, I think, after we get through Pennsylvania, Rhode Island, Maryland, Delaware, those states. Remember, what uh, happens tonight if Trump just wins in Arizona, no matter what happens in Utah, it's a better night for Trump, period, because there are more delegates there. Even if Cruz sweeps them all in Utah, that would be 18 more that uh, Trump would pick up tonight, putting him even closer on his goal to getting a majority. All right, Jamie Dupree, the most connected man in Washington. Thank you, sir. See you, Sean. Hey,